So, I'll start by saying, Katie and I know, have known each other for a long time. We have been in a small group for a long time together. And um, when we first started our small group years ago, it was four couples. Three, of, three couples were married. One was a dating couple. And our first meeting was, are we so glad we're like kind of young marrieds and no kids and like this is going to be great. Well, little did, did they know, I was like two weeks pregnant at the time. And so after our next week, we were like, well, actually, surprise, you know, we're going to add a child soon. Um, but early on, probably in our meetings, I don't remember when, but we shared that we um, had to do IVF, in vitro fertilization, and that whole journey and stuff. And um, so when we were talking about what kind of topics would we want to hear about? I was like, well, I'd be happy to talk about infertility and whatever. And then as the weeks went on, I was like, I don't know that I want to like, like we've had such heavy things that I wanted to shift it. And really, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell my story and everything, but that I really wanted to talk about um, Wordiness. Wordiness. <laughs> so, let me start with my story. So, in, in, <laughs> hormones. Okay, in, <laughs> just go and get them going, yeah. Um, okay, in 2000, I mean, excuse me, in 1997, when I was 11, I had what was called an ovary torsion. And what that means is it was before I started puberty, it was like right at the beginning, and my ovary, my right ovary grew too quickly, and so it twisted, like, around itself, basically, like it twisted. And so they had to go in, they removed my right ovary, they removed my right fallopian tube. During that time, um, I got just in recovery, it had some blood that kind of pooled, and then I got an infection in my abdomen. 2013, Dave and I got married. We wanted to be married for a couple years, try to have, then have kids. We went to Italy, and in Italy, I was like, that's when I'm gonna stop birth control, which is hilarious how long I was on birth control, knowing now that I didn't need birth control, you know, which is funny, but anyway. Um, so, like we were told to do, let's try for a year, and then if nothing happens, go to the doctor. So we tried for a year. That was stressful, of course. And went to the doctor, ran blood work. I had an HSG test, which is, they'll put um, dye through your uterus and they wanna see it, it's like an x-ray, they, they wanna see it pour out of your tubes to make sure that there's no blockages. Well, of course, I don't have a right ovary, so it was like, you know, nothing was there. And then the left side was, like, it went through, it went, and it just, nothing was happening. So, like, okay, well, obviously your left tube is blocked, so we'll go in, you'll have surgery, we'll go in and see if we can unblock it. Of course, there's a higher chance of an ectopic pregnancy, but, you know, we'll try that, and then whatever. So, David likes to say that, you know, they take me back, and like five minutes later, the doctor comes out. He's like, yeah, no, there's no, there's no fixing it. It's like gray. Like, it's just 
totally flat and dead and gray. There's no fixing it. We're going to remove it, and so that's going to eliminate any, um, like, any future um, connection to your uterus. And so that way that it'll eliminate any kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, variable for that. So in our case, it was, in our case, it was, there was a problem. Here's the solution. And there you go. Like, we had one choice. We had IVF. That was the only choice. And there was no waiting. There was no guessing. There was no, um, oddly enough, we felt very lucky. Um, we felt very lucky. What's funny is the, so that was in December when I went to the doctor, or, or November, I guess. December, I met with, we met with the Nashville Fertility Clinic. And then in February, I had surgery. Well, in January, there was a marriage seminar, and it was a sex seminar. I don't know if y'all, that was, that would have been January 2016, I guess, or 17. Uh, yeah, 2017. And it was all about intimacy with your partner. And they talked a lot about just like intimacy beside, that's beyond and apart from sex. And I was like, what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing for us to be here and for me to hear and to listen to that like, I'm not going to get pregnant having sex. And for, for at least a year, it's been a like regimented, <laughs> like... I know, it's not, fun. like, let's try to make it fun. It's not fun anymore. You know, there was no, like, let's get out of our heads. It's not that. Like, it just wasn't, you know, it became not that. So, um, so, that was a, that was kind of a redemptive, I felt very, a very redemptive um, moment for sure. So, all that to say, and I can talk more about the IVF process if, y'all want to talk about that or hear about it um, I'm more than I am very open to having conversations one thing I do want to say is that um, when it comes to infertility everyone's situation is different not one person's infertility journey is the same um, and the only thing that I think we have in common is that we're going through infertility like in my situation I didn't have fallopian tubes. My uterus was fine. My eggs were fine. In the, my one ovary, I had lots of eggs. Like, all of the things were there. I just didn't have a path for it. Um, we had one transfer that, didn't, that our very first transfer didn't take, and I was devastated because I was like, there was a, but there was a problem and a solution, and this was, like, now it's results time. It didn't miscarry. It just didn't take. And, like, why would it? Because it was the first time anything had been in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, logically. But, of course, it was it was still devastating. And then we had two more transfers, and then we have Margo and Leo. You know, so, so that's why I want to say that, like, everyone's journey is different. Um, everyone's paths are different. And in that time, <clears throat> in between, like, the the... You know, after the surgery that was like, okay, this is the only path is IVF. Like, there's no other path to take. Um, 
I didn't, I never did blame God. Um, but I definitely questioned like, am I meant to carry a child? Um, if we do IVF, is that playing God? Like, that's a whole other level of, like, the good Christian, you know, I want to be faithful and I want to be um, honoring and all these things. But um, is it God's will? And, like, by the way, I don't think that's how God's will works. But in the moment, that's those are the feelings that you have. Um, I had a really, really sweet friend who is very, very conservative, very, way, really, really conservative. And I was talking to her about it, and I thought she would be on the train of like, well, sorry, you know, like, I don't know. Like, medicine's great, but, ooh. But she said, you know what? You got all the tool. Like, you got all the things. You just don't have the bridge. So, like, the doctors are creating a bridge. And I was like, oh. It was a huge relief to have someone explain it to me like that when, in my head, I thought, I know God didn't do this to me. I know that um, I know that it, it wasn't like, you know, ha-ha, you're going to have an ovary torsion when you're 11. You know, like nothing like that. But it still felt like I want to do, I want to honor the, pa- the path that is laid out before me. What does that look like? What does that mean? Um, and, and also... Growing up, you hear, well, when you get pregnant and when you have it, there's no, there's never if, there's no how, there's just, well, when this happens, and I mean, even, like, I run it, like, even today we're talking about Mary, and, and the correlation between, like, you know, Jesus' blood and die, you know, his blood was shed and Mary's blood was shed, it's like, she had Christ, you know, <laughs> like, she birthed Jesus, and that's what a weight to carry as women, that we have an honor and also a, a, a lot of times unrealistic expectation that is put on ourselves and by well-meaning family and friends and, you know, church ladies that... that we put on ourselves that this is our purpose. I shouldn't say y'all. That's what I felt. I felt God created women with the, with the insides to carry a child. And yet it's not working that way. So am I not meant to? Like, that's where my brain was, is that, well, God made me to do this, like made my body this way. And it's not able to do that in the natural way, meaning having sex. So, because that's what I like, that's how you make babies. Emotions. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, and it didn't happen. And so, therefore, am I just not meant to? You know. Um, and I think subconsciously, deep down, I did tie my worth to that. So much is put on that as, and this can be about lots of things. Not, but for this room, as mothers, like. We have an expectation, whether that's what marriage will be like, what college will be like, what a best friend should be, like all of these things that we have these expectations because we have other people and even ourselves and things we read and things we watch and all these things from the world that are saying like, this is how it should be and how it's supposed to be. 
and you have all these expectations. And then when it's different, it's really, really hard. It's really hard, it's, at least for me. When I have a certain expectation to pivot to something else, it takes, it takes a lot. So I have, I worked, I, I did internal work of, let me, let me say this instead. I, um, a day or two ago, I just <laughs> typed in like in Google, um, worthiness and infertility, like, and just see what, so there were a couple blogs, of course, but someone, um, one blog that I read had, um, she, she went through, um, a more extensive situation, but she said, you know, I was a, I'm a strong, competent, independent woman. I can walk into a room and I have no fears as far as that. And this was like a, uh, it, it, this made me question everything. Was I not these things? Was I not confident? Was I not? Because it was such an internal doubting of, so if I'm meant to do this, but I can't do this, if my body, my body's meant to do this, but my body's not doing this, am I even, or her worth was tied to it. And that's how I felt as well. And so through that, and especially having a daughter, I've thought, okay, how am I going to flip this script for her or try to? How am I going to set her up for success in many, many ways in marriage and in maybe or maybe not carrying a child or whatever? And so I wrote down a couple things here that I'll say. But before that, um, or after this, rather, Whoever wants to say anything else can say it. Like, we'll open it up for questions or comments or whatever. But, or, well, I'll say this and then I'll say that. Um, so here are some things that I write down that I want. My daughter and son to know. Very simply, a sperm and an egg make a baby. A sex is a condition in which that can happen. But what creates a baby is a sperm and an egg. You don't have to have sex to have a baby. It, there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, and I feel like that's, that might take a, might, I don't know if it will, take a little bit of the stigma off of, or the pressure off of, this is the only way it has to be done. Um, our bodies are incredible. God made our bodies to do incredible things. And the way our body changes is an incredible thing. And... Just because our God made our bodies to function a certain way does not mean they will function that way. And that's also okay. And it does not make... If our bodies do not function that way, it doesn't make us any less than a woman. God did not make a mistake. Um, it is not God's will for this to be difficult. It is not God's will for there to be children or no children, because that's just not how God's will works. <laughs> I want her to know that she's worthy because she is exactly who she is. There's only one of her, and God made her in his image. And that's enough. And that's all. And, and God chose her for you. <laughs> you. <laughs>
feel so emotional because we are in a room full of moms. <coughs> and we are moms in all different ways. Our children have come to us in all different ways. And it's a beautiful thing that we can be mothers in so many ways. And it does not have to be by caring. It doesn't have to be by, by having sex. It doesn't have to be, um, it, it can be a lot, a lot of different ways. And it's beautiful. And that's a beautiful thing. And um, I don't know. I think that's all that I have in my notes. So what I would love to hear from you all is what are ways that we can share with our um, children, boy or girl, ways that maybe were impressed on us subconsciously or not, or intentionally or not, or rather, unintentionally, what I'm trying to say is unintentionally or not, um, that this is what you were meant to do, and so you better have a path towards that, or maybe not so harshly, but so I would love to hear from y'all. What are, what are things that we can do for our children to help set them up for success for their future in ways that can um, help their expectations about what the future would, will be and, and could be?
can move on. It's done. No, it's, it's forever. Um, but knowing that, okay, see, Susan can do this. I can do this. Like, together we can do this. And just so you know, just that hug is all I needed to take one step forward. I remember coming to the court and seeing you, and I, I remember hugging, hugging you and saying, I don't want to see you. <laughs> I think I said, oh, no, I don't want to see you here. Because as, like, best case scenario my situation was, it was so hard. It is hard on your body and emotionally and physically and all of that. The, the IVF specifically I'm talking. Um, I don't want to see, I didn't want to see anybody there that I knew. Because I didn't want anybody to have to go through it. Not that I wasn't glad to see you, but I didn't want to see you there, you know. So that's why that's why I wanted to say at the beginning, like, everybody's journey is different. And the thing that we have in common, and I had many people say, oh, you're going through, you're going to have, oh, you should talk to so-and-so. I'm like, I don't want to talk to so-and-so. Like, I don't know that person. And their journey was very different than my journey. So, like, I, I was very not, um, not, not necessarily, like, I wanted to hide anything, but just the fact of, like, this is this is happening to me, and this is my journey, and what they went through is their journey, and like we can commiserate over that, but like I'm not gonna find comfort in another person. This is that's how I felt at the time. I'm not gonna find comfort in another person because they don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what they're going through. It's very different. So I always try to tell people who are like so and so told me to reach out to you, whatever. Just I always have a. a one of my best friends from college just had her first baby at 38, and she had, she didn't had to do in vitro. And I, I told her through the whole process, like I'm here to answer questions, I'm here to comfort you, I'm here to give you peace, whatever you need. But this is also your journey and your privacy. Like we're not going around be like, so had sex again last night. Like we're it's such an intimate thing, regardless of how it happens. Um, that like, I'm not going to be like, so again, like, was tonight the night you had blood work done and had a, you know, vaginal ultrasound, you know, like we're not, you know, that's just so intimate that I always try to tell people like, this is you and your story and I'm here for you. And if you want me to check in on you all the time, I will do that. But I would love for you to come to me because this is your, it's private and it's, if you want it to be, you know, holding it in a space that the other person needs it to be.
that is a that is common knowledge in my household. That is when I speak to people about why my children are oddly spaced, that's part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I think the more that we make it not taboo, mm -hmm. the easier it becomes to be part of that group. Because then you know who else is there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't need to know about your fashion life. No. <laughs> where we talk about things like even just like the journey itself like even if there's not like, like miscarriages or, or you know like yeah. just the the pain that it's not talked about and so and it and if there is some embarrassing things tied to it embarrassing conversations you have to have with your doctor over and over again and are what we would call embarrassing because you know we don't talk about sex even as like, you know like it's embarrassing <coughs> to us or you know, we're ashamed or we assume it's going to, whatever it is, you know, and also like you think about like your husband being embarrassed about things or like, and not, you know, are answering embarrassing questions or whatever it might be. So there is this level of privacy and intimacy that is so hard to balance with needing to know that you're not alone, right? And like other people have experienced this. And like, in fact, is it, is it more common? Is this more, you know, like, oh, wait a second. Like, I'm not, I'm not in the minority. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I really don't think, I think it might be the other way. I don't know, maybe it doesn't matter if there's a minority or not. But the point is, is that like, it's more common than I thought it was. And I didn't even know, my mom and I don't even, didn't even talk about it. My mom probably, you know, and like, anyway, so that's the difference. And like, like what we're saying, like we're gonna try to make these conversations, these topics less, less embarrassing, more, I'm just going to talk about things that I've experienced with my daughter, just, just so that she knows. Like, that seems silly to say, but that goes back to every, like all the things we've talked about over the last couple of Sundays is just like, I'm going to have a different openness with my children that um, even my mom, with all of her love for me and all of our closeness, we would never talk about. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, that's the script I'm flipping <laughs> right there. Um, anyway, but yeah, there's a lot of embarrassing, embarrassingness to it. But. <coughs> Yeah. And I was just like, I, I just wanted that for you. Like, I yeah. hope that's what you're 
and, and even for all of us, like I know we're thinking children in the moment, but yeah. you know, I think we all need to hang on. Yeah. I think this drives home what has been such a common theme in this class, which is, you know, being so intentional about the language that we use, not just with our children, but with ourselves. Because, you know, we were raised with a certain, you know, kind of language. Like, I had C-sections, right? So when my daughter was like, how do you have the baby? I was taught, you have the baby through your vagina. Yeah. And if that goes wrong, then you then they have to cut the baby out. Um, but I'm just like, you know, when I told her, I was like, well, there's a couple ways you can have a baby. You can have a baby this way, you can have a baby that way. Um, but just, and, and like you said, like not when you're a mom, but maybe if you're a mom. Mm -hmm. And just those simple little tweaks and language that can make them feel like. Mm -hmm. I want to say one comment on that too that I've started to say with my own kids is like, one day if you get married, yes. you know, one day if you have a partner, you know, because that's a thing yeah. too. children to try to complete your, to fill a hole. You shouldn't try to find a new job to fill a hole. You shouldn't try to find a new friend to fill a hole or eat a tub of ice cream to fill a hole. You know, like whatever it is. Yeah, I mean like every now and then maybe. <laughs> but not consistently, you know, not like every night. But just the idea that like we, we are enough and we are ourselves and we are complete. And that comes from God. And that is a lesson that was probably not taught to me growing up. I mean, it was taught to me growing up, but not instilled in me, if that makes sense. That I know that my parents and my mom would believe that and knows that and wanted me to know that. But that wasn't something that was just like, hey, it's okay if this doesn't happen. You know that your job's got, you know, or whatever. Like, um, anyway, okay, yeah, you do have <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, I've also gone through IVF. Yeah. Yes. Around the same time. I yeah. Didn't realize, 
fly on that I want to kind of push back against with my kids is this idea that oh, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Yeah. You know, and yeah. or that you know, I, I've had strong Christian friends who feel like if it's God's will, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be running up against this this big barrier. Yeah. And you know, you may run up against barriers with a lot of different things in life that I can see <coughs> a lot of other people around you not running into, yeah. and it could be related to career or meeting someone or adoption or whatever, so many different things, but I just want to like instill in my kids that those barriers don't mean that it's not God's will. God meant for us to have struggles in life, and he didn't mean for everything to be easy, and some things are going to be a lot harder for you than they are for other people, or easier for you than other people.
that I've read and what I've held on to is that God's will for me in my life is to be fruitful and multiply his kingdom. And that does not mean by having hundreds and hundreds of children. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, I mean, for a fact, like, I, I cannot have any more children because I had preeclampsia both times in my pregnancies. Leo was born at 32 weeks. Like, my body's done, you know. I still got a lot of embryos that are frozen. I cannot have those nine embryos. What am I going to do with them? We don't know. That's a topic for another day. However, that's, I, I'm with you. I, that's how I read God's will. And everything else is just building up his kingdom. And whatever, in I don't want to say it that way because, in the circumstances that we are in, how can we do that? That's what I think God's will is for my life, is to spread his kingdom as far and wide as we can. So how do we do that with the tools we have and the resources that we have? And there's so many things, sorry, one more thing. If anyone wants, like I said, I'm an, I'm an open book with, with IVF. If anybody has to or is or whatever going through that, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to 